0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Love Monday podcast. I'm glad you could join me today. You know, every once in a while, I throw in an episode that is for managers of people because my background is in people management, about 25 years of it. And that's how I can speak so authoritatively on why and how people can love Monday just like Friday, but for a different reason, because I actually helped people do that for years, for 25 years to be exact. And I worked in some big companies. I worked in some small companies. You know, as you know, I've written a book called A Passion for Monday, because I believe everyone should love Monday just like Friday, but for a different reason. And so most of these episodes are for individual contributors to see, to help you see what you can do to better your situation. And if you haven't listened to the last episode, episode fifty-four, the DIY approach to your own career. I don't remember exactly if that's the title. Uh, I'm speaking off the cuff on this on this part of the podcast, but that is one of that is an episode that you should be watching or listening to. So if you did not hear that one and you're not a manager and you're going to be bored by this one, I don't think you will be. I think this will be helpful for you too. But make sure you go listen to that one. And for everybody else who is a manager of people, this one is for you because. I'm a little concerned about the work-life balance for managers, and a lot of that work-life balance comes from overworked situations in your work life. Uh, I guess that's the way it is for all work-life balance issues, but it gets accentuated and amplified for people who manage people, and that is, that is because I remember the first day, it was a Monday that I took over a, a, I became a manager and I took over a team that I had been managing or I'd been a member of, and I took over that team. and and you know, I from Friday, I had this whole list of issues and problems I had to deal with. Well, then on Monday, I had, eight other people's lists of issues and problems that I had to deal with. And so it just gets amplified is what I'm talking about. So we're going to talk about this. So I want to start today by talking about when I have felt most out of balance in my career. And as a manager, when I was feeling really out of balance, one of those things is when I had other things to do other than manage people. So my people management time got interrupted by other things. Tons of meetings, special projects, initiatives, other things that were going on that I had to do that took me away from coaching my people. Now, one of the things that I find... And I've I've done some informal polls out on LinkedIn before, and I've asked this question a couple of times where I I say, if you're a manager of people, what is the ratio of time you spend on projects versus managing your people? And almost without exception, it comes back to be about 80-20. 80% of the time is spent in what? Managing projects, not people. And 20% of the time is spent in coaching and managing and, and helping your people. That is inverted. It really is. And it comes from um most organizations don't do the right thing when it comes to managing projects they they should be hiring more project managers and less people managers and then their people managers could manage bigger teams um, but we don't do that we just say oh well we have people managers there's manager in that title they could manage projects um, honestly nothing could be further from the truth. Um, they might be okay at managing projects but if they're great at managing people they're probably not. As great at managing projects. And somebody who's really great at managing projects could manage those projects better for you. But we make the wrong choice when we do that in organizations. And so that was one of those things I had. Um, one point in my career, I had some very large projects. And it's one thing to manage projects that are gonna further the 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 effectiveness of your team but these were projects that had nothing to do with my team or managing people they were big initiatives like business acquisitions and and uh, system system integrations and things like this uh, i was i was a project manager of these while i was trying to manage a team too and that was a really difficult thing to do um other things that got made me feel out of balance was working on vacations how many times have you done that take and work with you on vacation you think, oh, I got all this stuff going on. I, I'm going on vacation, but I'll just take my laptop just in case something somebody needs something. It's not the end of the world if you don't do that. And we're going to talk about where this pressure comes from. If you feel that pressure to take your laptop on, on vacation, um, I, I've got a story about working on vacation, that's like the ultimate. And, and my wife at the time she showed, taught me a lesson in this. We were going to Disneyland and my kids were pretty young. My youngest, um, son, my son was, was about three years old. And, and I had been in this situation where I'd been really in the doghouse with a customer of the company that I worked for. And we had worked a long time over the space of about four or five months to turn that around to the point where, where they went from hating me kind of loving me. And so when I told them, hey, I'm going to be in the neighborhood, I shouldn't have done this, but I said, "I'm, I'm going to be in the neighborhood taking my kids to Disneyland. And they're like, yeah, it's like five miles from where our office is. You got to come by and see us when you go to Disneyland. And I was like, I'm going to Disneyland. I don't want to come see your office. I mean, I love you guys. It's great, but I don't want to do that. But they they were sort of insistent, and I thought, well, they love me, and it's you know it's validating. I would go do that. So then I take this to my family, and my wife is like, "No, you're not. We're on vacation." I was like, "Well, I kind of already said I would," and she, to get to her credit, she didn't kill me, but she did say, "Okay, well, it's fine. You can do that, but you're taking Brady with you, my son." And He's about three, and she said, "That's how I know that they're not going to keep you all day, because I know he's not going to thrive in an office. And so I did, and he didn't, but they loved him, and they gave him all sorts of little little takeaway things with their logo on it, and we we then went on to Disneyland. I would never do that again. I advised not to do that. It's kind of a funny story, but it's not funny, really. Also, canceling vacations. you ever had to do that? I did. I was asked to cancel a vacation once because of this big business issue that apparently only I could handle. And I should have said, taking that time to renegotiate my salary at that point, if I'm that important that this company's gonna fail without me if I go on vacation, I don't whatever I'm being paid isn't probably enough. But I actually did that. So I got some horror stories for you. I'm going to try not to horrify you too much in this episode, but I've got some horror stories. What about working on your team's responsibilities? I did that. I was an individual contributor on a team that I became the manager of. That was my first management post. And the problem with that is you know how to do the work of the people on your team because you were one of the people on your team. And I would get stuck in the weeds helping p- People on my team, they would come to me and I was like, I'm super stressed about this. I got this and this and this to do. And I would roll up my sleeves and say, All right, let's go do it. And what that, the opportunity cost of that was, I couldn't manage my team. I couldn't help the other members of my team because I was serially connected to any member of my team that I was doing their work for them. And then I'd have to disconnect from them to go connect with somebody else to help them do their work. And I couldn't manage this. I actually used that lesson in my business consulting and went into a company where there was a manager who was struggling and and, and this manager's manager told me, I'm at my wit's end. I need you to help this manager cuz i've i've worked with him on in every way i can and and he's just not getting it he's still stuck in the weeds with his team i was like well i have learned that lesson and we actually had some success with him wasn't perfect in the end um but we made progress. And some people just can't get out of it until they get removed from that situation, which actually eventually happened to me. They pulled me off of that team and had me manage another team so that I couldn't do that anymore. Anyway, so that's one of those things. So there are lots of things that, that we do not prioritize ourselves enough because of pressure, pressure from some source, what is that source of the pressure that makes you feel like you gotta cancel a vacation or you gotta take your work with you on vacation? Or you can't manage your team because you gotta manage these projects. Is it your boss? Is it your boss's boss? Is it the company culture that makes you feel that way? Is it your parents that raised you to this with this crazy work ethic that says company comes first? I'm sorry if your parents told you that, that's not true. Um and so that's one of the things if your parents taught you that. You maybe heard them wrong. Let's let's just say that. Maybe you heard them wrong and disregard that. Um, just let's assume they didn't teach you that and you just heard them wrong and you're not going to do it anymore. Um, are your friends, your peers that you go out partying with, drinking with, whatever, are they telling you about how stressful their work is? and So that gives you stress to think, I must not be doing enough because their stress sounds so much worse than my stress. I must not be doing enough. I better amp up my efforts there. So is it all of those things? Is it society? Or could it just be you? Could it be you applying this pressure to yourself because you get these little verbal and nonverbal cues from your boss or your parents or your friends or society that gets you feeling like, I'm not doing enough, so I just need to do more. Don't do it. We're going to talk about three things this in this episode that are going to help you turn that around a little bit. and And it's not... Anything magic, it's just to approach this this problem of work-life balance from a different perspective. So those three things are, first of all, I wanna ask you, what do you talk to your boss about? When you're having one-on-one conversations with your boss, what are those like? I'm waiting for you to answer. I mean, I know I can't hear your answer, but I'm waiting for you to answer it yourself. Pardon me. And so what do you talk to your boss about? A lot of one-on-ones that I've had in my career with my boss, my boss has called me in and said, what's this project? What's going on with 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 your team? All those things. Um, And it's just sort of like a a report. And a report could be just that. It doesn't have to be done in person. It could be done in an email or a report. Um, But your one-on-one should be about talking to your boss and getting clarity on what your priorities are. One of the most fundamental principles in employee engagement, and this is uh, engagement is why people either love or hate Monday. They're either engaged or they're not engaged, or they're actively disengaged, like they want to burn the place down. Uh, One of the key elements is that you know what's expected of you at work. And 40% of people in the U.S. do not know what's expected of them at work. And you're probably one of them. And if you're a manager of people, you probably got a lot of stuff that's been handed down to you to get done. And your manager might not even know. I mean, you talk about, you'd give those project updates, but not in terms of the time it takes you to do those projects. And are you overloaded? And can you talk about these things and get things reprioritized? Uh, you know, you get you get these challenges with work-life balance, and sometimes your managers just don't know. Um, the The load that it 's putting on you, and so when we talk about um, what when you, you talk about your work with your with your manager, are you talking in terms of your workload and how you can manage that? because I want you to have conversations about what those things are and what the priority is, so you can go in and you don 't have to ask tell me the priority, you can go in and say here are my, all my projects and this is the priority order I have them in. And this is when I expect to complete them based on what I've got. And it might be that, you know, by the time I get out to project number 10 of my 10 projects, well, you know, we're two years from now. And that could be eye-opening to your manager to let him or her know, oh, wow, it's gonna take that long to do that? I didn't realize that. Oh, you know what? Uh, project seven, eight, and nine, I didn't even know you had. I didn't know you were doing that. Are those a priority at all? Could we reprioritize them? Could we reassign them to somebody else? Could we deprioritize them and say, we're not going to do it anymore? Those are the conversations I want you to have with your boss if you're a boss of people to help you out. So that's item number one. What are you talking about with your manager? And is it effective in helping you manage your own work and your work life balance? Number two is you have a team. So if you've got a lot going on and you've got too much to do, you have a team. You could delegate stuff to, and you're probably thinking, yeah, but I can't do that. They have their day job. They have all these things that they do that are role-specific. The stuff I am doing is manager-specific, and I'm going to tell you that it's probably not, quite honestly. It's only manager-specific is be. The only reason it's manager-specific is you're the manager and somebody gave you gave it to you to do it. and And it doesn't have to be that way. You know, some of these projects, could members of your team help you on these projects? And you're thinking, well, I don't want to put that on them. They've already got enough work to do. Yes, they do. I understand that. But if you know what your team is really, really good at doing, if you know what energizes them versus what drains their energy, those types of work, you probably have some of that energy gaining work for every member of your team in your already overloaded backpack. And if you could delegate that to them, what do you think they're going to say? They're going to say, I thought you'd never ask. I love stuff like this. And then you'll say, well, what about all your daily work? And they'll say, I'll find a way because this stuff's fun. This is the stuff I want to do. I'll find a way to get that done and you will start unloading your backpack and also helping develop your team members and seeing how well they can perform at things they're already good at doing. Everybody wins in this situation. So you have a team, use them. Item number three is there will always be more work to do every day than you can do. Now, maybe not every day, but most days that's the case. I have a little story for you. And this story was from 25 plus years ago. And I was in a situation at work that was incredibly stressful. We were having, I was working on a big customer and we had issues with their data, with the system that was processing their data. We were having them calling. We had like 200 people from their company calling me directly. My voicemail was full, my email was full. I was working late and coming in early, and one day on a Monday, I'm driving back to work after the weekend, and I had the Sunday scaries hit me about probably 11 o'clock on Saturday, 11 a.m. on Saturday. I'm starting to dread Monday already, so I, that's the situation. I'm driving to work, and I'm approaching the parking lot, and the parking lot approach, the turn-in place, and as I'm getting closer, I'm like, it's the car's not turning. I'm I'm at the approach and the car's not turning. I can't make my arms turn the wheel and I can't make my brain make my arms turn the wheel. And so I miss it. I missed the parking lot approach and I was like, well, okay, not sure what happened there, but I'm going to, I guess I'll take a lap around the block. So I take a lap around the block and I'm coming up again. I'm approaching the parking lot again and I'm, I'm coming, I'm coming and again. I pass it and I couldn't turn in. The stress was so intense that I just could not face it, and I couldn't go in. So I'm like, okay, maybe third time's a charm. I come around the block one more time, and it's the the anxiety is just actually building as I'm doing this, and it's it's making it worse. But I'm approaching the parking lot, and again for the third time, I can't turn in. So I give myself a little pep talk on this next lap, and I'm, I'm, you know, it's not so bad. I can do this. I'll go in and do this first, and then this, and this, and I'm starting to process. Well, by the fourth time, I gave myself enough of a motivational speech that I could turn the car into the parking lot. I go in, I face all the work. I pass my boss in the hall, and I, he's asking me how I'm doing, because... He's a little afraid to ask because I've been stressed for weeks like this. But he asks anyway. And I said, well, quite frankly, it was tough coming in today. And he said, yeah, I know how that is. And I was like, no, it was like physically tough coming in. I I drove past the parking lot four times before I could turn in. And he tried not to laugh, but he did. He laughed anyway, um, which I didn't think was funny. I was I didn't think it was funny at all. I do now it sounds hilarious to the, that I couldn't do that but but it wasn't at the time and and he he taught me this lesson he said there will always be more to do than you can get done and you were doing a great job it was nice that he he did this um I probably could have used it before that Monday morning, though, maybe on Friday, so my weekend could have gone better. But either way, he got the message to me, and I've always taken that to heart and told others, you'll always have more to do than you can get done on a specific given day. And that's okay. Let it go. Don't take it home with you. Leave it at the office and come back the next day. It's still going to be there, unless you've got, like, the shoemaker's elves and you're making shoes. you're going to have the work still there tomorrow. It's not going to get do itself. So just, just accept it, embrace it, and go home and be home and don't do work at home. And that's tough, too, because a lot of us work from home. But you got to do something to shut that off. So those are the three things I want you to take away today. What are your conversations like with your boss so that you can have it? an ongoing conversation, an effective conversation about what you're doing, not just the reporting on it, but how it's affecting your work-life balance and, and how you can get help in reprioritizing and deprioritizing and reassigning things. Then use your team for the things that you've still got to hold on to. What can they do to help you? You are a manager of a team. Manage the team and have them do additional work because if it's stuff they love and they'll love some of that stuff, They'll find a way to, to increase their productivity. They'll just There's always time. There's always additional time. No matter how busy we say we are, there's always something that can be done. And that's what I'm saying with your team. Use your team. And then when you get to the end of the day, if there's still stuff to be done, close the laptop, walk out the door, and just go home and be home. That's my advice for today for Work-Life Balance for Managers. I'm glad you could join me. If you have not subscribed to this podcast, I hope you will do that. Subscribe, and then go out to wherever you find your podcast, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google or wherever you get your podcast. and please rate it for me. I would love to get feedback on it. If this is effective, it's helping you. I would like to know. I'd like to get a little feedback on what you think. So give me some feedback, subscribe,